0: and welcome to shift f1 a podcast about speedy race cars that was said by a canadian austin powers a movie about britain
1: is is he canadian
0: Uh, yeah mike myers every actor is canadian i never know especially the funny ones
1: yeah we all yeah jim carrey alana smart all the great actors. yeah Yeah.
0: that's right (laughs) Uh, I thought that was appropriate, not only because the British Grand Prix is coming up, but also because uh, we're trying to get these cars to behave (laughs) with their porpoising. Uh, I'm Drew Scanlon. Joining me is Danny O'Dwyer. How are you, Danny? I'm
1: doing good. I was very excited when the Canadian Grand Prix started. I was enjoying it all weekend. It was Father's Day on Sunday, so I just got to sit back, relax, and enjoy the whole race. Uh, (sighs) Just chilling out, which was great. I didn't have to wake up at five in the morning. And Mm. then when it started, I was like... Hey, it's the Canadian Grand Prix. I love this one, and I've missed it for years. And we got a kind of a, like a classic F1 race. It felt like a race from three years ago. Hmm. I'll say. Interesting. Yeah. Well,
0: we will get into it. Rob Zachney's on assignment this week. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, a very warm welcome. And if you are new to Formula One <laughs> itself, uh, we've got an episode just for you. The preseason primer assumes no prior F1 knowledge and explains how the sport works and who everybody is. So if you'd like to go back and listen to that, our preseason primer is episode 178. Also, the show is supported entirely by our audience over at patreon.com slash shiftf1, where every month we release bonus podcasts and videos exclusively for our patrons. They cover racing documentaries and films, F1 video games, experiments with other racing series, and a lot of weird things. So if you would like to support the show and get access to all that fun stuff, head over to patreon.com slash shift F1 or click the link in the show notes. What's going on this month, Danny? Uh,
1: tomorrow, we're recording our
0: podcast
1: for uh, our piece, our our patron exclusive podcast, rather, for June. And it is Eric Banners what do we even call this it's a documentary I called it an
0: ode to rallying
1: an ode, ode yeah ode to rallying i like that his his uh, his terrific documentary about him and his mates love the beast which is also what a what an evocative title for a documentary love the beast it doesn't have the word car or race or vroom in it just love the beast um and i did love the beast i watched it last night and if you'd like to learn uh, or hear what our thoughts on that are on that then head over to patreoncom f one you can also if you want become one of our incredible title sponsors um, such as the fantastic Michael Maves, Gordy's Army, Indie Winter, At Talking Autos, Tanner McCleve, Wealth Energy, Olivia Evans, Team Blackjack, Pirates Card Castle, Erica Siegel, Iron Station Studios, Alan McCrary, Telemetry Duck.com, Gnarly Goat, Drew Stewart, Bailey Foot, Abdullah Althani, Jason Chadwick, Abraham Getchell, Octothorpe Money Crimes, Your Top Six Games, Snigs, Alex Coucher, Max Valtar, Circuit Demon, Troy Starmer, Umberto Roker, William Romph, and Jason Kelly.
0: Fantastic! Thank you, everyone who is supporting the show, and thank you, Canada, for giving us a wet qualifying. I know.
1: Session. Oh my yes. goodness! It just. Oh, I just. I was already loved Canada, and then this happened. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, <laughs> the amount of times we got glorious wet nonsense at uh, at the eel. Very exciting
0: stuff. Yes, indeed. Uh, so let's run down the grid here. See what the the wet clouds shook out. Max Verstappen, his first pole in Canada. Okay, not so crazy. We know Max is good in the rain. Uh, starting beside him, Fernando Alonso! <laughs> 40 El years Prime. old. The oldest front row starter I think I saw since Michael Schumacher at age 43. He's starting next to Max Verstappen.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, and he's
0: talking a whole mess uh, of, of mess <laughs> about Taking it to max in turn one. Why not? Before, like At this yeah. stage,
1: he's like, look, man, there's only a few times where I'm going to be able to be in this position. And Canada, right. kind of a good spot to be in uh, the P2 slot for the start of the race. You got that inside line. If, uh, if, the, if the car in front has a bit of a wobble, there's a lot of uh, track before you hit turn one. That's right.
0: Uh, Carlos Sainz lines up in third place. Big slide in the final turn of his final lap in qualifying, maybe costing him that second spot. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Hamilton in fourth behind uh, Sainz. And then in fifth place, Kevin Magnussen followed by Mick Schumacher. His best start ever and one of Haas's best, certainly recently. Yeah. Great to see them up there.
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty, uh-huh. pretty, pretty uh, just shook up all around this whole grid, which was weird because there wasn't that much. It felt like by Q3, the rain, they had the line, you know what I mean? It felt like the rain had kind of was off the driver's line, but for whatever reason, it was still causing havoc.
0: It sure was, especially George Russell, who took a gamble on slick tires yeah. as the track was drying at the end of Q3, uh, but it did not pan out. He'll line up in eighth, Esteban O'Connor in seventh, uh, Daniel Ricciardo in ninth, and Zhou Guan Yu in 10th place. Just behind him, his teammate, Valtteri Bottas. And Alex Albon, who crashed in Q2, uh, as did Perez, who starts 13th behind Albon. Thankfully, neither were hard hits, just sliding off the road on intermediate tires. Uh, Sergio Perez had to make his way back to the garage, apparently through the jungles of Canada. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's good camera shots of him walking the long way back. Lennon Norris in 14th, Pierre Gasly in 15th, which is a big bummer because he was the second fastest at the end of free practice three, uh, which was also a wet session. Um, And Sebastian Vettel in 16th, same as Gasly. He was third fastest in free practice three. uh, Fernando Alonso was first. Um, Just could not hook it together in qualifying, it seems. Uh, Lance Stroll 17th, Nicholas Latifi in 18th, the two hometown boys. Yeah, bad for Stroll.
1: Stroll's good in the West. Uh, So it was kind of... You know, surprising in a way to see him down that low, especially at his home Grand Prix. Very, you know, yeah,
0: I mean, Vettel said uh, after the uh, qualifying that, like, the car felt completely different than it did earlier in the day in pre-practice mm-hmm. three. So who knows what uh, what happened there. Uh, and then in the back of the field, we've got Charles Leclerc and Yuki Tsunoda, both of whom uh, are required to start from the back of the grid for use of additional power unit elements. Um... Do you want to take us through the start here, Danny? Sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's there's a lot of um, excitement at the, at the start of a race like this just because kind of the entire way down the field, there's a lot of people out of position. Uh, so there's a couple of things you want to look at. You want to look at the Claire. You want to look at Alonzo diving into the the first turn. You want to look at some of the little weird little matchups like Mick Schumacher kind of close to, um, you know, Hamilton and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, as it happens, uh, everyone kind of gets a decent start. There's no there's no mad tumbling down the order. Um, Max gets an important good start. You uh, know, there was a, a weird kind of um, start to the, the formation lap he did. He took it quite fast so that they were sitting on the grid for quite a while. And hmm. at the time, the commentators were sort of talking about how, obviously, the the, the teams cannot communicate um, Information to the drivers on the lead-up to, uh, on the formation lap, rather, and that maybe they could have been telling Max that, you know, he could go slower. It was, I had, I don't know, I, I didn't read about this later on. At the time, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if Max is doing this on purpose. I wonder if he thinks that the Red Bull will fare better on, with that bit of cool down than maybe mm. Alonso's car, you know what I mean? Like, yeah because he never stretched away from Fernando Fernando kind of stayed with him the entire time and the rest of the pack was concertina behind him so I don't know if that's the case or anything but that's the vibe I was getting whatever happens uh, when the lights go out uh, Max has a good start Fernando has a good start not as good but uh, so he's defending against signs a little bit but um, Max is pretty uh, even Steven into that first turn taking the lead the big sort of a bit of argy-bargy was between Kevin Magnuson and uh, Hamilton, who sort of into turn two are side-by-side. Side. Uh, Magnuson had a great start. And um, it was on approach to turn three, which is a tricky one it's kind of hard to get two cars through there Um, famously Alonso beached there years ago we've had lots of incidents of cars going straight over into uh, sort of cutting turn four Um, the two of them made it through but in so doing there was a tiny 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 tap between Magnussen's uh, uh, front wing and Hamilton's front left and unfortunately it sort of slowly disintegrated over the course of the next couple of laps eventually leading to a the the horrible blackened orange red dot orange dot uh, flag, which meant that he had to come in because he's got some dangerous stuff hanging off the meatball. His car. Yeah, the meatball. That's it. It's orange, isn't it? It is orange. It's yes. Orange, uh, yeah.
0: Don't see it too often, but yeah, it's the, it was the the front wing end plate on Magnuson's car. Uh, so he had to pit. Uh, he did so on lap six to change his front wing and rejoin in the back of the field. Big yeah. bummer for Haas, but not the last one. No. Uh, Botas also cut the chicane on the, the first lap, I think it was. He uh, did. And, and when rejoining, hit the re-entry sign.
1: <laughs> the ball. Uh, that earned yeah. him,
0: yeah, a, a black and white warning flag. So I think the only flag we didn't see this race was debris <laughs> and red flag. Okay. <laughs> so we almost got a, a, the, full, the full bingo full sheet. Full house. <laughs> uh, lap five, we get a replay of Gasly almost slamming into the back of Sebastian <laughs> Peddle. As Gasly comes into the pits, he apparently had a brake problem um, that uh, compromised his race. So he was lucky to escape an incident there. Uh, yeah, bummer as, for him. As, He's as, yeah. just had to up a, like way up and way down. Yeah, this, bad, this year. bad
1: weekend overall. And as Brundle was saying in the broadcast, it is most pit lanes on these on in F one sort of come out or in in a mid-speed area of an exit of a turn or you've got something like Interlagos where like the entry to the pit even though it's on a straightaway is so far away from the driving line um Canada is kind of unique in that the entrance to the pit lane is also in the braking zone (laughs) the hardest braking zone on the entire track so yeah it's kind of a wonder we don't see that happen more often maybe actually because cars really cannot brake on the inside there because they will eat that wall of champions or eat some curb and these cars especially don't want to be touching curbs
0: yeah speaking of unable to catch a break lap 8 Sergio Perez who had made it up to 10th place had a drivetrain problem has to pull over and retire bringing out the virtual safety car so virtual safety car like a safety car cars are going slower on track meaning that when you pit you lose less time than you do on green flag racing so Verstappen pits giving a lead to Signs. In second place to Alonso. And then Hamilton pits from fourth place, coming out in sixth behind Russell and Ocon. Four laps later, though.
1: All all medium onto hards, which uh, sounded mm -hmm. like the teams were saying the hard tire was the the racing tire this weekend.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone touched the soft this entire race. (laughs) Uh, Four laps later, Hamilton uh, has closed to Ocon and passes him with DRS on the front straight for fifth place. Mercedes looking a little better this Mm. weekend. Uh, lap 15, Verstappen also gets by in Alpine, breezing by Alonso with DRS into second place.
1: Easy peasy. Uh, and then
0: on lap 20, another car pulls over in the same place that Perez did. This time, it's Mick Schumacher, which
1: is just brutal. It's killer. Haas. It's it's an absolute killer. Like, this is, it's about as, it's close to a home race for them, in a way. You know what I mean? Geographically, anyway. same continent. It's the same continent Gene um, uh, yeah, Haas is on. It's... I, <laughs> You know, just easy points. You know what I mean. Bless you. Sorry. Thank you. I did did an off mic (laughs) sneeze. Um, yeah. I. uh, I, That's it. My body is even reacting just to 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 how you're allergic to Haas' misfortune. Yeah, and just Mick hasn't gotten points, right? So like, on top of you know Haas just not doing well, it's you know there's that story too. He could hold on. He's doing well. He was driving well, you know. And there's been questions about him, obviously, but. He he was driving well today and just killer. You could hear it mm-hmm. in his in his engineer's voice when he was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, you know, you were on it. I'm sorry." Yeah, killer.
0: Um, signs that did that bring up the virtual safety car? I can't remember.
1: Um, the Schumacher one did not.
0: Okay. No. Uh, well, signs pits anyway and Same comes spot. out in third. Asperis, yeah. I yeah, wasn't it? Was, it it was uh, odd. Yeah. Um, signs comes out in third, just ahead of Hamilton and behind Alonso, who hasn't yet pitted. Uh, Alonso still out on his starting tires, gets passed by Hamilton with DRS that drops him to fourth place. And it's around this time that Alonso is dealing with an engine problem uh, that apparently is costing him a second per lap.
1: I Uh, I wonder if there was a small... Virtual safety car there for a second. I can't remember it. I don't have I it on my notes it. because yeah. I remember reading or watch it listening to an interview at Alonso afterwards where he was talking about because because at this stage, like he's he's going long on his tires, yeah, um, uh, and it sounded like I heard that when there were two opportunities to pit. I know one was the first VSC, and maybe there was a quick wa- a quick VSC right. after that, and um, that he said like the first time. He was on straight. He was just past the Wall of Champions when the VSC got popped. And then the other time, it stopped right before he pitted, I think, is what he okay. said or something. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So he just kept going. Yeah. But yeah, apparently he had an I air missed. leak somewhere in his car, in his engine, his power unit. Oh, uh, I didn't so realize. Was, yeah, so costing him a lot of power, especially on the streets. Oh, okay. Uh, lap 44, time for another Verstappen pit, Verstappen uh, pit stop. I like it. Uh, Which he takes from first place And while he just misses out To Hamilton on the pit exit Which was fun uh, Verstappen does get by him On the same lap with DRS Hamilton of course doesn't really have the car to race Verstappen here But Verstappen does lose some time Behind Hamilton to to signs Who is leading the race So Mm. Verstappen's not too happy about that Hamilton then then pits Yeah he dives straight
1: into the pits It's like psych! I wasn't racing you anyway
0: Job done I slowed Verstappen down (laughs) <laughs> uh we should point out here that leclerc has been having one of those fun back of the field drives where he passes a bunch of people although just it hasn't been time. uh it hasn't yeah it hasn't been smooth sailing due in part to an apparent lack of grip that was evident even you know to the layman yeah like and they, they just you just see the I- car in front just pulls far ahead yeah,
1: exits. he. it was interesting watching it. Brundle called it out early where, yeah, he just was not getting exit on turns and you could see it. The concertina open up and then him try and get it. And then there is just like a wider conversation about DRS now. Now that we have these uh, cars that are able to follow each other, we have, like Leclerc was stuck behind a bona fide DRS train this time. Yeah. Like it wasn't like Monaco or any of that, you know, this was this is a track where you can overtake but if the person in front of you is not overtaking it's like being on the highway and everyone's driving at the same speed and th- in the three lanes and you can't get past any of them it's like you know it's it's very 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 difficult to do it um, and I think there is a conversation like I remember we talked about this when the news new cars came in that we said I wonder if they'll get rid of some of the DRS zones. We wonder if they will shorten them. Um, ultimately, which Brando was
0: calling for this race.
1: Yeah, and I think you couldn't have sort of done this like at the start of the season because you kind of need some data you know what Mm -hmm. i mean they need to see it play if you change too many things at the same time in the equation you kind of don't know why something is going on so at least now i feel like we've had enough races where you where been multiple circuits where the drs zones have sort of created almost both problems you had verstappen just blitzing past hamilton and alonso i suspect you know, maybe if he he had issues on straightaways. Um, But then you had other issues where you you had these cars that are able to overtake on some of our twistier tracks. But if we get them on this one where you have a lot of straight line speed and a lot of DRS zones they're struggling. So I do wonder if sort of now, like as we're seeing with the porpoising, which we'll talk about in the news, the FIA is stepping in a little bit. I wonder if now we're going to see the FIA make some of those tweaks based on what we've seen. Because this was kind of the most egregious one we've seen so far. And Leclerc wasn't the only one suffering from it.
0: Yeah, and the DRS train happens because, you know, everyone, if you're all close, you all reliably get DRS every time when you go into the DRS zone. Contrast that with something like IndyCar, which uses a push to pass system. Everyone gets the same amount of duration allotted at the start of the race. It's like two minutes or something. Yeah, um, maybe that's too much. I don't know. I can't remember. Of like uh, NOS or whatever it is to boost their car faster. Um, and then that once you're once you've used it all up, you're you're done. Uh, so that could be interesting in Formula 1. Yeah, and
1: and in previous years just so people are if they're wondering why it's happening a little bit more because these cars are able to follow each other a little bit closer because of ground effect and because crucially they're not suffering as much in terms of overheating or tire deg as a result of being so close to the cars behind or sorry, the cars in front, they are following closer over long periods of time. There was kind Mm -hmm. of like a push-pull you had before where you had to sort of decide to go closer to the car in front and then get into that DRS zone and then try and overtake as quickly as possible so you wouldn't suffer with regard to overheating or tire deg. But because they're able to sit in that pocket now fairly comfortably, it's created situations where it's just like little traffic jams. They just can't get past and... You know, if the if the person in front can't get him past, then there's like sort of a almost like logarithmically like less chance of the car behind being able to get past the car in front. Correct, because none of those can pass because the guy in front has DRS. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, well, the guy in second is DRS. So, like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's tricky for sure. Yeah. Um, And and if you're new to F1, this might all sound like sort of artificial. But, spoilers, the entire sport has been sort of constructed, like most motorsport, <laughs> to try and keep cars as close as possible while, while making it, you know, competitive. And this To is make it exciting of, to watch. Yeah. yeah, DRS has done great, especially during, you know, you know 10 years ago when it was first introduced, maybe maybe longer ago, now to really, like, help with overtaking. But it's kind of, yeah, it's a little bit not doing exactly what it sort of was originally intended to do.
0: Now we have these new cars. I'm sure Ross Brown is on it. Yeah. Uh, after a pit stop on lap 43, Leclerc sits in 12th and then starts climbing the field in earnest, first getting packed past Ricardo, then Tsunoda on successive laps uh, to get into the points. Lap 47, he gets by Joe for ninth. Yeah. Tsunoda uh, pits soon thereafter, and as he comes out of the pits wow. on those cold tires, just overcooks the exit and skids off the road into the barriers.
1: This is last year's Yuki.
0: I know. You he, know he hit the wall. I think in practice a couple times too. Yeah,
1: just, just little, just little keep, sort keep of mistakes, clean. hot-headed mistakes. Um, maybe this was him from last year because he didn't get to race here last year, so he kind of he had that
0: Yuki. It was <laughs> a breaking-in period at each track. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A bit of a shame. He's this been doing one.
0: a lot better this year. So this was kind of a bummer to see, but it, it brings out the safety car. Uh, which is great for signs who's sitting in first place on some relatively old tires.
1: Dude, they had Uh, called him like minutes earlier saying you're in the safety car window. So if yeah, if one pops, we're coming in. This is bullshit. We'll save whatever 12 seconds or something.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it was 18 seconds under green and nine and a half under, under VSC. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, Sainz gets a cheap pit stop, comes out in second place behind Verstappen with tires six laps newer than Verstappen's. Say that six times fast. Uh, <laughs> and when we get going again on lap 54, the safety car has also neutralized any gap to Verstappen, so Sainz now has 16 laps to try and pass him. Uh, on the restart, Sainz doesn't attack Verstappen so much as kind of stick with him. Uh, and further back in the field... On lap 58, the other Ferrari of Leclerc gets by the troubled Alonso uh, at the hairpin for sixth place. And then two laps later, does the same thing to Alonso's teammate, Ocon, for fifth place. Eating them up. Eating them up. Uh, Signs though, cannot eat for Stappen's lunch. And despite his best efforts, uh, he was saying after the race that maybe if he had been on soft tires that he could have... Taking yeah. it to Verstappen, just was unable to to really get. There was like a couple times he got kind of close, but nothing really definitive uh, in the way of uh, an attack.
1: Yeah, and judging by that last lap, I think Max was being very cautious with his tire wear. I think this was this was uh, champion champion Max, veteran Max, mm, yes. because he kept him. He was close. He never got too close, and then Max's final lap was pretty good. Although maybe he was trying to go for—it's hard to get that fastest lap when you're on worn tires out front. Uh, Signs did get it though. I think it was the penultimate lap. Perhaps he managed to secure it. But mm-hmm. so maybe maybe that's also the game. Maybe Signs just put so much hell for leather into that uh, penultimate lap that then that's where the gap happened. But in any case, yeah, he he managed it well and came home with the W.
0: Indeed. Max Verstappen, his first uh, pole in Canada, his first uh, podium, I think, in Canada, uh, gets first place, wins the race. Carlos Sainz comes second, and Lewis Hamilton rounding out the podium, uh, and George Russell in fourth. Great turnaround for Mercedes. Yeah, it must be the first
1: time we've seen Verstappen, Sainz, and Hamilton. I don't think we've had that combination before. up okay? there. Oh,
0: interesting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Charles Leclerc comes home in fifth, a great recovery drive from 19th yeah look a, a tale of two races for him
1: I think the first half wasn't very he was taking yeah. his time making his way through but those that last stint that like 45 to 47 when he overtook three in a row and then he did a bunch in those last couple of laps I think um, did really good but yeah once again for, Ferrari get you know helping out with their points mostly because of Sergio Perez's car not finishing a race
0: yeah. Um, Esteban Ocon in sixth. Valtry Botas in seventh. And Joe Guan Yu in eighth. Solid race for him. Yeah. That's double points for Alfa Romeo. They're Qualified looking tenth, stronger and stronger, I think. Was it? Joe? Y- yes. Yeah. I think that's it. I right. guess
1: it was two retirements in front of him. So But hold yeah. on to it.
0: Uh, Fernando Alonso finished the race technically uh, in seventh, but got a penalty for weaving. It was a lot of weaving.
1: When he did yeah. it, I was like, Ugh, I don't know, man. This ain't 2007. <laughs> 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 Can't be doing that.
0: Yeah, so that's that's uh, making more than one change of direction to defend a position. You are not allowed to do that. Yeah, he was uh, super he a a like penalty a s- that, yeah, Drops him two places. Uh, Lance Stroll, the hometown boy, one of two, gets points in 10th place. Gets point, point. in place. Behind him, we've got Daniel Ricciardo in 11th, Sebastian Vettel in 12th, Alex Albon in 13th, Pierre Gasly 14th, Lando Norris 15th, who had a pretty wretched weekend, uh, and uh, Nicholas Latifi in 16th, and Kevin Magnuson in 17th. The DNFs are Yuki Tsunoda, Mick Schumacher, and Sergio Perez. And that's your Canada. Uh, But as we take it to news, porpoising... It seems hadn't totally gone away, but it looks like teams are kind of getting a handle on it. Uh, Also getting a handle on it, the FIA, uh, the Motorsport Governing Body, um, has issued a, a directive that's sort of, it's not a rule necessarily yet. It is sort of a notification to teams that says that the FIA will be monitoring vertical acceleration of the cars with sensors that sit beneath the seats of, uh, of the drivers. And they detailed why they are doing this. Quote, "...in a sport where the competitors are routinely driving at speeds in excess of 300 kilometers an hour, it is considered that all of a driver's concentration needs to be focused on that task, mm. and that excessive fatigue or pain experienced by a driver could has, have significant consequences should it result in a loss of concentration." In addition, the FIA has concerns in relation to the immediate physical impact on the health of the drivers, a number of whom have reported back pain following recent events. Um, So a a limit on these oscillations haven't yet been defined, but Mm -hmm. one assumes that they'll be informed by the data that they gather as a result of this
1: yeah uh, sounds like they're they're trying to figure out exactly what the problem is or mm-hmm. how what the variance is before doing anything about it. Those accelerometers are already in the car, so they're not doing yes. anything um and yeah like you said i think i think the first part of that statement is them invoking a particular article within the the sporting code um which pertains to driver safety so i think that's their sort of in and then yeah mm-hmm. the second part is kind of like the more public facing version of it that everyone's kind of worried about which is watching lewis hamilton get out of his mercedes like an old man
0: yeah and and i think it'll also inform them about how to police this stuff which seems like it it might be pretty tricky and also what to do if teams are in violation. It seems that um, a, the, the FIA may require a team who's experiencing uh, particularly violent oscillations to uh, adjust the ride height, so in, to increase it to prevent the sort of uh, uh, suck stall, yeah, which is causing the oscillation. So in, in effect, you're not getting as much uh, ground effect. Uh, if you increase the ride height so your car will be slower so naturally teams don't really like this mm. uh and they certainly don't want a blanket um uh, uh a rule change because like christian horner is saying like listen we we figured this out you yeah. shouldn't punish us for doing so and i don't there's still kind of some consternation over this uh one of the reasons i'll get to but i don't understand that argument now that if they're monitoring individual teams and thus requiring those teams to make the change if you're not experiencing porpoising no big deal right but i guess that's why they want clarity on this so that they don't get accidentally dinged right
1: yeah i think i would have liked for them to have been sort of on this earlier a little bit i mean we talked about it i brought up that vox article about the um about the, the sled sports people yeah. and their micro concussions back during preseason testing, I think it was. So, like, people, this was on the tips of everyone's tongues uh, fairly early on. Um, and and I, I, I I don't agree with Christian Horner a lot of the time, but I do agree with him on this that, like, yes, it is a sport about figuring out technical uh, leaps. And, and this year, obviously, was a huge one for everyone, multiple ones. Um, and with regard to sort of the fia like what i was saying a second ago i think again it's kind of an example of trying to work within the data that you have and i think getting in there in the first couple of races while the teams were definitely still like tuning in their cars trying to figure out like um aero ride height uh how the cars followed each other with this ground effect um sort of in the in the mix i it, it in a way it makes more sense for them to jump in here i just wish it wasn't at the expense of s- so many races where driver's health was an issue um but yeah it doesn't affect everyone equally i mean it's mercedes and ferrari are the two ones that we watch bopping their heads up and down all the time yeah maybe some of the other cars are doing it a lot when they just don't just get as much tv time but like like signs in this race was was doing a lot of jumping up and down
0: so the other thing that's that's part of this that i think is causing more uh frustration for people like horner is that the the fia has also relaxed the rules on the floor uh, as a part of this um this sort of surprise directive uh saying that this from autosport teams can run an, an additional second floor stay in front of the current one so these are the little like I don't know if they're cables or rods, but they basically are they're rigid rods that um, uh, prevent... They're kind of connected from the side of the car to the floor where it sticks out uh, to make them more rigid and less flexible to, to help with the porpoising. Um, furthermore, teams would be allowed some additional thickness on the top floor surface that may not comply with current curvature or volume rules. Uh, right. Mercedes was like, great. We, we can put a second floor stay uh, this weekend. And we're going to run that. So they did that for practice. However, a bunch of teams protested, namely uh Ferrari. And I think Horner was mad about this too. Saying that, um, uh, the way that the FIA did this was against the rules. And so yes, Mercedes, you can do this, but we might protest you because Weird. even though, uh, as Otmar Safnauer team principal of, um, Uh, Aston Martin points out, quote, uh, as far as the process goes, it's a technical directive and technical directives, as we all know, are not regulations. Mm. So, yes, Mercedes, you're following the order of this technical directive, but we can still appeal you on the rules. Man, it's this is this is the stuff that that team principals are just all there on all the
1: time. You dastardly dog. Like, yeah, we need like a sort of. Judge Judy style show on F one TV. Well, or we something. might get it,
0: Danny, because <laughs> really? the FIA met with teams, okay, uh, about this, uh, the whole thing, and um, to hear Christian Horner say it, uh, because the Netflix cameras were there. Oh wow! That resulted in some team principles. Uh, you know, there, there being an element of theater.
1: Oh my God oh my God And I, think I this wonder is who really he's interesting. talking about yeah. I wonder who, who could he could be, be possibly talking about yeah dude um, I was I was listening to an interview at Horner about um <laughs> about like the the season as it's gone so far and like you know the question was like you know what's you know what what's it been like battling with Ferrari this year and it's such like he answers these questions with like he, where he's still like he's still shit talking his ex-girlfriend or whatever you know what i mean like like it's just like oh you know it's great it's great to be like just you know fighting on the track and everything off the track is cordial you know i feel like with there's a mutual respect there which is important and it's like you could just read between the lines so easily um so yeah unsurprising perhaps that he didn't like uh he didn't like the wolf in the room
0: yeah um <laughs> yeah there's some, there's some really great catty quotes here uh, quote asked by, uh, asked by Autosport if it was a good thing to have Netflix filming a private meeting. Horner replied, "Quote, I think there was an element of theater going on in that meeting. So you know, maybe with Lewis's new movie coming along, they're getting him enrolled for it."
1: Oh my gosh! Oh, he's yeah. such a little. I know. I <laughs> Won't say. He's such. A, oh my gosh!
0: So go, go back yeah, to your be mansion. on the lookout uh, for, I guess, some concrete things. You know, if you're experiencing six uh, G oscillation three times in a second, yeah, then you have to increase your ride height by ten millimeters or be disqualified. Something like that. Yeah,
1: something like that makes sense. There'll be a there'll be like a porpoising meter that goes off on the car during the race, like whoop whoop whoop. You have to come in and piss. <laughs>
0: the icon of a porpoise. Yeah, exactly. Uh well, speaking of Danny, yeah. uh, those those micro concussions. Uh, you've been our correspondent here on this. What's new?
1: Yeah, medical expert here, <laughs> Dwyer M.D. <laughs> I most yeah. certainly am not. Um, yeah, there was a there was a, a story in in Autosport about Hamilton um, suffering from uh, his words a lot more headaches as a consequence of the bouncing. Um, and there's a couple of just one quote I want to read out here, which which I sort of. I don't know. Made me feel a little bit some way about it. Uh, Halton also revealed he's, he's been experiencing more headaches since the radical change to the cars. He said, in terms of micro concussions, I've definitely had a lot more headaches in the past months. I, but I've not seen a specialist about it. I'm taking it. I'm not taking it too seriously. I've just been taking some painkillers. So it's to the point where he's like self-medicating a bit on the headache stuff. Um,
0: I mean, he's got Angela. Angela Angela
1: definitely takes care of him Angela is Angela who amongst us would not want an Angela
0: the the omnipresent Angela
1: yeah just floating there with her clipboard ready to solve any and all problems Um, I think you know he's a fairly like self-aware present medically you know sound guy I wonder if he hasn't seen like he's talk he knows about the micro concussions, obviously. He's not silly, but like I wonder if he's maybe trying to not think about it or you know I the the, the him getting out of the car thing I think also might have been from like a particularly bad bottoming out that happened during mm-hmm. um during practice that day, but but yeah, he's clearly he's clearly suffering from the headache stuff, which you just don't want to hear. And like, obviously, especially if you're an NFL fan, your head drifts off into, or a WWE fan, you know what I mean? Like your head drifts off to the really bad cases where you had, you know, people who've been suffering from micro-concussions from maybe only, or not even micro-concussions, sorry, just for like uh, brain trauma, from perhaps... A handful of incidents Um, And then obviously The um, The the Vox article Where they talked about Sort of how difficult That could be And One of the things That came from that Vox article Actually that I'm just remembering now Is that they did talk about Having like Almost like a Not a brain fog But like a sort of A certain fuzz That happens um, Hmm. When they were done And I wonder if that's The type of thing Where The FIA Don't want that You don't want that occurring during the high stakes driving a you know tin can around a track close to walls at you know 200 miles an hour that's no. that's not particularly great i saw a very shocking um i watch a lot of like um combat sports as well and there was a really tragic and shocking incident in i believe there is a unified african middleweight title i think it might have been um uh, i think they have a continent wide belt system i'm not quite sure but uh where this guy who was who was the defending champion and, and i think it was like the 10th round on his way to a to a, a, a points victory um he had gotten just a jab and uh, the other uh boxer had fallen towards the ropes and the referee was resetting it and the when the fight continued the guy turned into a corner where there was nobody and started swinging Oh boy! And the referee rightfully immediately stopped the fight because they were like, "Oh, what's happening here?" Um, and I remember seeing that a while back, and I I was just thinking about this porpoising stuff, and it was, and I was it crossed my mind again. I was like, "Oh yeah, I wonder what what happened to that guy?" And he passed away. Oh, he was wow. like twenty four years old, a boxer, and he'd gotten a bleed on the brain earlier in the fight, and he was fine, and then he wasn't fine, and then and then it was too late. Brain injuries are like very 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 serious um, and just because you know you can be able to take hits and then the wrong one lands I guess is the point and I th- my worry is that like as as this continues it becomes more normal but it doesn't get any safer in fact you're sort of playing with the numbers you know kind of like rally car or anything everyone crashes right eventually it happens and my worry is that like maybe we're the sort of normalization curve on this one is is coming in right at the time as they're trying to fix it. And I just want them to stop it because I don't know, like like I said, and like I think a lot of people who are fans of these other sports where we've seen absolute tragedy happen to people um, during their careers or after their careers uh, with regard to mental health. Um, I just, my my brain always goes to the worst case scenario and I don't want this to be Normal. This sport is dangerous enough.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully um, this this porpoising stuff uh, reaches some kind of positive conclusion. It seems like, you know, at least they're talking about it. It seems like they they have a plan here. Uh, it seems OK. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll stay on top of it. Uh, in other news. Uh, the Williams rumors are reaching a fever pitch here with Otmar Safnauer throwing some mm. fuel on the fire saying that he is confident that uh, Formula 2 driver Oscar Piastri will race in F1 next year amid Williams talks uh, this from autosport.com uh, Piastri won the Formula 3 and Formula 2 titles in consecutive years pulling a, uh, was that a Leclerc I think he did that <laughs>
1: I think Schumacher um, might have, too. Did he? Am I crazy?
0: Did uh, Mick I don't Did Mick think his... so. I don't think there were consecutive years. Okay. I um, Piastri has been serving as Alpine's reserve driver this season in tandem with uh, an extensive private testing program.
1: Ooh, what's he privately testing?
0: <laughs> Programs. <laughs> those,
1: those dolls, is it?
0: Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Let's uh, see about that. There was a rumor that... Latifi we'll see if he would be out this year don't know about that we'll see we'll see question marks abound uh, and then danny you've got a couple pair here of video game
1: related stories <laughs> i do uh, the first one delighted many a retro games fan which was oh, yeah. uh lewis hamilton um if you follow him on the graham uh, was uh, he said that I'll, qu- I'll just quote what he said here. So I landed in Montreal and went straight to a retro game shop, got myself a Sega Genesis, and of course, Ayrton Senna's Super Monaco Grand Prix 2. I loved this game <laughs> as a kid and still do now. Still holds up naturally. I got super competitive with myself. My personal best now is 49, is a 49 second lap. Pretty sure I can beat that though. That was the uh, that was only after a few tries. I'll let you know what I beat it. And <laughs> I'm like watching this going like, oh, Lewis Hamilton playing retro games. What do you know, mate? Like, I wonder how good he is at this thing. Dude is whipping around. I never played this game like this. He is like <laughs> full throttle on. I think it's like, I'm trying to remember what circuit that was. I think it's the old, like, is it Indianapolis or something? I think might've been in it. I forget. Don't I know. think it's the old American track. Um, and he or maybe it's uh maybe it's like, well, yeah, somewhere in Florida, like on the beaches. I forget, but he is absolutely tearing through it. It's like, <laughs> like I want to go back. I have a copy of it. Well, it's not here. It's boxed up now. But um, I do uh, too.
0: A, a giant bomb yeah. fan sent it to me once. Oh,
1: really? That's terrific, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, I think I might have done it for um the series we used to do for patrons right for patrons oh, yeah really? where i where i play video games i think I, maybe not two, maybe it was the first one cuz that came bundled with a, i think that was the one that came bundled with the mega drive in europe also fair play to hamilton calling it a genesis so he wouldn't anger all of the i guess <laughs> he's he in north america he is a north so. american it says genesis on it so that's fair enough yeah. um yeah i will
0: bet he still has i'll bet he still has like uh you know wrote memories or whatever you know muscle memory for yeah. that like sometimes you get when you, you go back and play those old games if if he played that a lot as a kid and i got to imagine he did uh that's that's maybe that's maybe why he's able to just you know thrash it like he did, like he is
1: he has got it set to automatic gearbox though so you know there's room to improve there um, and speaking of <laughs> playing video games i played the new formula one video game i was hey. at uh, summer games fest in los angeles a couple of weeks back Played a bunch of games at uh, Jeff Keighley's house. <laughs> and one <laughs> of the games they had, I had no idea. And I was there. And Lee, for Codemaster, the guy who does, who's like lead on those games for years, was there. And I was like, oh, hey. Saw that they were sitting people down. They'd one set up with a VR headset. Uh, they had a big Fantec wheel uh, and the game, which is always tricky when you're sitting down in a new race setup to try and like mm. tune it in and feel good. I mean, but, uh, the
0: best drivers can adapt to their new cars, oh, Danny. So. Oh, well.
1: Oh, well, then. Everyone needs a practice session, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, play, I played like maybe 20 something minutes. Of uh, Formula One 2022. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. I played, The two things that I decided to do were... Uh, so first of all, they have... Well, I guess they have uh, one new track in it in Miami, which is really good. And you really get a sense of how big the stadium is when you're in the car. Hmm. It's kind of crazy. And, and I also played the new version of Melbourne because I wanted to spin around that sector too super oh, sure. fast. And it's totally different. It's like, yeah, it like totally changes the feel of that track, actually. It's a, it's a lot easier I would say because I feel like that term was always fairly tricky Um, yeah uh, you know looks good graphics look good I would say the biggest difference I felt first of all the cars feel totally different because of the ground effect stuff um, but they've added in a new sort of um, locking up of the tires mechanic which is super good Hmm. where uh, if you sort of like overbrake into a turn and again, I was using like a pretty good set of pedals here, so maybe I don't know what it'll feel like when you're using a controller or not a not as good pedals. But uh, yeah, the tires can lock up and then they sort of like it grinds you to a bit of a halt. And then they, it's almost like they set the game up so you can rejoin, get back up to speed fairly easily and not like totally spin out if you're in a low gear or if you're shifting down. Um, but it felt really good. And I asked him whether or not that meant they were playing flat spotting in because they've never had flat spotting. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, Lee was like, oh, no, he's, he said we've we've messed with it before. But like, it's it's just too much of a too much of a detriment to it ruins your race, basically, in, in yeah. these ones. Uh, and I was like, you know, sim players, he was like, sim players, you know, there's, there's so many different people who types of people who played the game Um and I was asking him about like how they manage that between like the super hardcore who would want that in there, of course, um, and probably people who play iRacing and stuff uh, as against the newbies. And he was like, we have had such an influx of new people in the past three years into F1 that like even for their team, it's sort of like changed the, the you know, the gravity of, of the audience a little bit where they, they are always thinking now about onboarding people, new folks that come into it which I found was, was uh, pretty interesting. On the porpoising. So mm. I asked him if they tried the porpoising. I was like, it's a couple of new things this year. Do you have the new safety car? Yes. Uh, you can drive the safety car this year. In a what? In like a, They have a different mode where Amazing. You, can, you can do like time trials and they have loads of support race classes in there. So there's loads of like random cars in this game, like uh-huh. rally cars and other stuff that you can do these like Time trial mission kind of things in F one, and it's really good because you like you you like you drive like an Audi around this around the you know any of these tracks, and it feels like you're going at like a snail's pace in comparison right. to the F one cars. But yeah, I think both of the safety cars are oh, maybe great. available to drive in that mode. Um, but yeah, I asked him about the purposing and he was like, "Yeah, we we put it in. We tried to put it in. It's not in there now. We tried to put it in," and he said the problem was. Um, when it happens to the drivers, their eyes compensate for the motion. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if you're yeah. on a roller coaster, your eyes—our eyes—are amazing things, and they're able to stabilize the shot. He was like, "Because we can't, we can't do that. So it's just rocking. So it's just horrible. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So if if they, which which it makes complete sense. I bet if I bet you could get away with doing it in VR because. Again, your eyes are dictating where the camera's going, but because video games have a fixed camera, it's like your eyes are locked in a position. It basically means that if they were just to shake that, it would, you just couldn't see anything, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't the case in real life. So that was kind of cool to hear that they actually (laughs) gave it a whirl. Yeah. tried to see if it would work. Um, But yeah, feels good. Those games are incremental. You know what I mean? Sports games are kind of like that. Uh, But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. It's out uh, soon enough something okay Let me look that up
0: They're yeah they're generally late summer i think
1: yeah it feels like it's sometime near sometimes near the near the break um okay.
0: well while you look that up july uh, I'll 1st
1: take it- dude july 1st oh wow
0: that's yeah
1: great it's very soon it's like two weeks from now
0: well, let's take it to the standings, everyone. Uh, driver standings, Max Verstappen is on top of 175 points. Sergio Perez still in second place despite his DNF with 129 points, three points ahead of Charles Leclerc in third. Uh, however, that is a 49-point gap to Verstappen. Uh, George Russell's in fourth with 111. Carlos Sainz in fifth with 102. And we got a 25-point gap down to Lewis Hamilton in sixth with 27. Then Lando Norris in fourth. Uh, seventh with 50 points Valtteri Bottas in eighth with 46 Esteban Ocon in ninth with 39 and then Fernando Alonso in 10th with 18 that's a 21 point gap between his teammate and Alonso Mm. Uh, that's surprising I would have thought he would have had more I I guess so so would he apparently Yeah, yeah you know after his performance uh in qualifying and then the problem with the with the engine in this race uh behind him Pierre Gasly in 11th another one who should have more points I feel uh he's got 16 points one point ahead of the tie between Daniel Ricciardo and uh, Kevin Magnussen with 15 points way to go Mag in that Haas uh Sebastian Vettel has 13 points he's in 14th place Yuki Sinoda's got 11 Joe Guan Yu jumps two positions uh with his uh points from this race uh, he's got five points in 16th place. And then Lance Stroll and Alex Albin are tied with three. And then Mick Schumacher and Nicholas Latifi and, yes, Nico Hogenberg have zero. In the constructor standings, Red Bull Racing is on top with 304 points to Ferrari's 228. I hope this doesn't become a runaway, but it seems like it might.
1: If it's starting to feel like it, yeah. The, yep. the early promise of the season is slowly evaporating.
0: Yep. Uh, Mercedes is in third place with 188, then McLaren's in fourth with 65, Alpine's in fifth with 57, Alfa Romeo's got 51, Valtteri and Joe are coming for you. <laughs> uh, Alpha Tauri's in seventh place with 27 points, Aston Martin in eighth with 16, Gene Haas and team have 15, and Williams has three. Uh, if you'd like to join the standings yourself, you can join our Shift of One official Fantasy League using the link in the show notes. Here are the top three from Canada. You what know what, got? Nick? I'm just going to ignore. I don't know what hacking you've done to put yourself <laughs> in team in place zero on all of these. Uh, but uh, I'm just going to uh, mention everyone else here. From Canada, Scott with the team, a bit of horse with that, Ooh. which uh, I imagine <laughs> is a reference to the fact that uh, Canadians, that you can, you can serve horse in oh. restaurants in Canada.
1: You can eat, is that veal?
0: Mm, no.
1: What's veal again?
0: Veals are baby cows.
1: Oh, yeah. We just call it calf. Horses are I horse. Calf, calf sounds uh, badge. Um, Although we say lamb, hmm. so I don't know. Lamb. Yeah. Calf, baby cow. If they called it baby cow, we should just do that because it's like, all right, you want to eat this? It's a baby cow. Do, do, Horses do, do, do. for courses. Wow. Thank you. Wow.
0: But Scott can say that because he's from Canada. Uh, in second place from America, Eric with the team El Plan.
1: El, Pl- El Pain, somebody tweeted at me yesterday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then in first place from Canada or in Canada from the United States, Douglas with the team Signs Operator.
1: Signs operator. Signs operator.
0: This is entrance music. Thank you. <laughs> that signs <science> entrance music. <laughs> uh, but overall, in the point standings so far this season, it's a trio on the podium of Canadians. Uh, wow. Jeremy's team, What's Verstappening to Me, in third. Terrific. Michael's team, Leo Speed, in second. And nice. then in first, Ben's team, ben van villeneuve
1: beautiful terrific names all of you all of you win yes. the daniel dwyer great name challenge
0: yes indeed uh you can, can I, send us an email can, if
1: I, you can like. I can i throw in before we, oh yeah we're i guess we're not actually doing emails this week we'll do it next week right
0: we are yeah that's correct finish your email um, thing
1: but then i think i have breaking news
0: okay I all think. right shift of one podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails uh if you want to send us some breaking news but it seems and, like Danny's already on top of it. Yeah, so, did,
1: did you see this from, it's reporting out of Germany, uh, um, basically that uh, the sort of Porsche Audi, and Audi stuff, mm-hmm. that it looks like it's, I'm not sure how, how, this is somebody reporting on someone else's report, but let me just read oh, it at okay. th- the top of it. Um, this is from uh, gpblog.com, um, which mm. is a, you're not so sure? You, <laughs> you feel like this is some hot, hot base?
0: If it's if it's not Toby Gruner for Automoto und Sport,
1: yeah, I don't believe it. Well, they're reporting someone else, which is why I thought in German, which is why I thought maybe it was worth mentioning. We can edit okay. this out if it's BS. It's, hey, hey, it's it's hot, hot rumors, hot rumors. Okay, I'll just read the top lines of this. Both. Audi and Porsche will reportedly supply engines to Formula One teams from 2026 onwards. Behind the scenes, a lot is uh, said to be ready for the admission of the two brands of the Volkswagen Group, but an official announcement is still pending. This is mainly due to the FAA that first has to approve the new engine regs. Uh, according to Blick, Porsche will now will join Red Bull Racing. According to the German newspaper, it's possible that the announcement of the partnership will all be made during the Austrians team's home race in July in the case of Audi there are four teams who would be interested in the partnership including Williams Aston Martin and Sauber McLaren already pulled out because their British team did not want to give the Germans the majority of the shares they wanted which <laughs> Love we it. already knew about I think
0: still holding um, a grudge
1: and in one line here, the German... Yeah, exactly. Th- don't forget the war. The German media asks an unknown team boss for a reaction, and he said the following about a p- potential collaboration. I don't understand why Sabra and Audi are still hiding their collaboration. Audi has long held 25% of the shares, and other 50% has to be added. They are really very large sums of money. So maybe Did we'll Did you hear. say they're both going to supply
0: engines? That's what it sounds
1: like, which I didn't think was the way that was going to go.
0: The, 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 yeah, the rumor was that Porsche... would partner with red bull and then use the red bull badge hondas right maybe that's what they'll still do and just call them porsche engines
1: yeah but yeah i was with the i didn't i didn't think it was merely going to be engine supply man
0: okay I th- I so still the, coming then. still
1: coming rumors rumors O'Dwyer's we can we can call it it's a new section it's called O'Dwyer's rumor melange some of them are good <laughs> but some of them are just lies you have to figure out which one it is
0: oh man it's like uh it's like uh, fact or fiction, beyond right. belief. Yeah, with, exactly. Uh, Jonathan Frakes. I hear Grosje. It's,
1: it's false. This is a lie. This is untrue. <laughs> Not a word of this is true. Exactly. What's the
0: tallest man you've ever seen? <laughs> um, it's Ben Pack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can also hit us up on Twitter at ShiftF1 Podcast. I'm at Drew Scanlon. Danny O'Dwyer is at Danny O'Dwyer. And Rob Zachney is at Rob Zachney. That's us around the internet. Shall we take it around the world? Let's race around the world, yeah. The Goodwood Festival of Speed Ooh. is apparently kicking off Thursday, June twenty third. That's a good time. I think they post a lot of their uh, their classic car, not classic car, older car. <laughs> Old, the Old. whole all cars that have been made go up the hill at Goodwood. <laughs> Uh, and it's really fun to watch. So follow them. I'll I'll post a link in the show notes to their Twitter account.
1: Yeah. Just be careful um, when you're googling it.
0: Just maybe, <laughs> yep. you know. Safe search on. Uh the World <laughs> Rally Championship uh is in Kenya. Kenya dig it? I
1: can. Kenya can drive around this track really fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: for the Safari Rally Kenya. I'll bet that looks spectacular. I
1: bet it's awesome. I bet there's lots of goats hanging off. Weird rocks. <laughs> or trees. Or trees, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, we've also got the Camping World Trucks at the Nashville Super Speedway in Nashville, Tennessee for the Rackley Roofing 200. Say that six times fast. Mm-hmm. We've also got the Xfinity Series, also in Nashville, Ooh. for the Tennessee Lottery 250.
1: They're just going to pull out n-
0: tickets and see
1: who wins. That's
0: right. <laughs> check under your seats <laughs> you might be Kimi Räikkönen uh, and let's see what else we got here the MotoGP race in Assen.
1: Assen, baby
0: yeah one of my favorites kicks oh, off
1: careful googling that one in, in the Netherlands,
0: it's in Netherlands. Uh, the awesome. Moto Motocross Grand Prix of S- Samota Sumba Sumbawa Sumba. Oh, yeah. It's about Sumboa, Bessar. Where is this? Why didn't you just make that? Are you having a stroke? What's okay. going on? Okay. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Wow. That went through me. Uh, okay. <laughs> also, the uh, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship uh, is at Watkins Glen for Salem's Six Hours of the Glen. Salem's? Salem's? Silence. I don't
1: know what this Salem's? brand is. Anyway. That's Salem, Massachusetts. So the witches aren't sponsoring this one. No. Okay. No, they're not. All right. That's a shame.
0: Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. You, it's like Formula E. You get like a magical boost. Little broom, right? Black cap uh, in the back, <laughs> and we got NASCAR. Oh my! Are we in also, Tennessee? Indeed. Oh my. Dollyville for the <laughs> Ally Four Hundred. Ally, are you an ally? Presumably, uh, the insurance
1: okay okay it's not about social reform or anything
0: maybe nascar turned a new page exactly
1: we uh, care and that's uh nascar now we care about shit
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> their new slogan i want to see that on a t-shirt <laughs> uh yes and that's it for uh racing around the world and that's it mm. for this episode We'll be we back next week. We for, got to the uh, end.
1: The... I I was feeling quite sick during this, but we got to the end, so I'm feeling I'm feeling happy about that. Good. We couldn't. Gra-
0: glad race cars could aid in your recovery.
1: It was you. It was you all along, Drew. You are the 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 meat that keeps this sandwich together. <laughs> mm, okay. You are the lamb, lamb of God. Cool. Um, mm. I especially could not. Uh, you know not be here when rob isn't here there has been a couple of times where we've done solo podcasts but i feel Uh like i feel like rob joined it hasn't happened maybe i can't remember
0: i think that's right they're always just i remember one time i had to record it in ireland (laughs) on your own yeah what yeah why uh... you
1: were in ireland and i what was i I doing that that you being in ireland was the easiest version i I don't know i can't
0: remember Never,
1: nobody should. Yeah, Drew's commitment to this production is <laughs> is, is exemplary. See, I was probably in Ireland on holidays, and you were probably in Ireland on holidays, and you were like, "You're
0: talking to John Romero."
1: I'll do it exactly. Yeah, I was shouting to John yeah. Romero.
0: Noted, Irishman
1: uh, We're uh, speaking of Europe. We're heading back to uh, to Silverstone for the next one. So That's and right. then and then I believe it's the F1, the the, the Red Bull Ring after that, or might be oh. Spa. No, it's that it's there. It's there next. I think. Yeah, so kind of the proper European leg after the sort of like fake-out, shake-out of, uh, you know, Barcelona, Monaco, and I guess technically Baku, I think. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) I'm still not quite sure if they're in Europe or not. Um, Yeah, Canada sort of gets dropped in there, but we're, we're back into sort of classic F1 territory for the next couple of races. So, yeah, keep your eyes open. See if they change any of those DRS zones.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, If you'd like to support the show and get access to all of the bonus episodes and the official Shift F1 Discord, you can do so over at patreon.com slash shiftf1. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Meow.